We're Kyler and Cody McCormick, two brothers on a journey to pave our own path while chasing our passion. While building our adventure filmmaking brand, The Outbound Life, we've become sponsored by some of the top brands in the film and travel industries, acquired Fortune 500 clients, and have spoken on stages all across the country sharing our story. We now invite you along on our journey as we sit down with inspiring entrepreneurs, creators, and diverse thought leaders to discuss how to live a life we consider outbound, a life where you believe your story matters and live beyond your limits. Come along and live the outbound life. Antron is a three-time world champion drag racer from Chesterfield, New Jersey. He became the first black driver to win a major U.S. auto racing championship when he captured the 2012 NHRA Top Fuel Series title. He drives a Top Fuel dragster, which are the fastest accelerating cars in the world. With over 11,000 horsepower, they reach speeds of more than 330 miles per hour, doing 0 to 100 in 0.8 seconds. Yes, that's 0 to 100 in 0.8 seconds. Antron has an impressive track record with 71 career wins. Beyond his racing career, Antron was host of Top Gear America and was one of Idris Elba's driving instructors on Discovery Channel's Idris Elba No Limits. Brown lives in Pittsburgh, Indiana with his wife and their three children. He is active in various community activities including church, NHRA junior drag racing, Boy Scouts, and other youth-related programs. Antron, thanks so much for being with us. Anytime, anytime. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. This is awesome. Yeah, so Antron, I think even before we jump into this thing, we'd set the table a little bit with some context. So Cody and I, we're filmmakers. We're not, we're not professional racers like you. But we come from a little bit of a world of racing. Our oldest brother is really into racing, has done a bunch of karting, different formula schools over the years. And one of our earliest memories with racing was at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. We got to go to a drag race. And this is one of those things that I know you talk about how you can't fully experience it on TV. You can't fully experience it on social media, right? Just being around these cars that are just about literal rocket ships your entire body is vibrating rumbling and you know that's something that stuck with us all these years and then many years later cody and i we were working with one of our clients camping world doing a a video project and that's when we got to actually interview you for the first time in gainesville florida and i'll never forget just being around you that enthusiasm passion just zest for life that you had it left such an impression Anna. So it's a real, yeah, it's a real treat to get to connect with you these years later. And even to share about kind of this podcast, you know, there's definitely some racing fans in, in our audience, but most of these people are, you know, entrepreneurs, creators, creatives, and dreamers who are looking for a way to get from point A to point B. They're looking for inspiration from really interesting people. So well, as you're talking to us, I think we'll have to kind of explore layman terms and, and, and uh, talk to us like we're in, you know, kindergarten here as far as, <laughs> you know, as some, and break it down on a way that even Cody and I can understand and so can our listeners. And I think maybe to get started, if you could even just educate us on like the major drag racing classes, that would be a helpful start. I consider there are five pro ranks. And uh, first you start off a pro stock motorcycle, which is two wheel warriors. Okay. Then you go to a pro stock car. Okay. You also have pro mod. That has their own TV segment too, which is another class, which is faster than pro stock car. And then you go right into funny car. Okay. And you go on top fuel dragster. And that's, and that's pretty much all the categories. And that's how they tend to go with speed from that's yeah. from 
slowest to fastest, but uh, it's pretty amazing because I start off on pro stock motorcycle. So right. I started on the two wheels where, you know, basically now they're going 6.6 seconds at like 200 plus miles an hour. And and then you got pro stock car, which is in your six point, you know, 6.50, 6.5, yeah. like 6.4 to 6.5 range at 200 and I think pro stock cars like around 215 miles an hour to okay. 14. Then pro mod, those cars are running like literally like five seventies, five sixties, 5.6 seconds, 5.7 seconds, 250 mile an hour. Wow. Which blown, is mind blowing. Nit either a blown nitrous turbo charge, pro charger type car and then or turbo charge and then you go into funny car which is blown nitro methane same engine that's in a top fuel dragster okay those cars are going four point i mean they're going 3.8 seconds literally in a thousand feet we go a short distance yeah at 335 plus miles an hour and then top fuel dragster class i'm running is 335 plus miles an hour, but we travel a thousand feet in 3.6 seconds. Wow. So Antron, when people ask you what you do for a living, you bump into somebody on an airplane, like, what do you tell them? I drive <laughs> cars, like that's different than doing Uber. Like, what, what, do you, what do you say? Actually, I'm a low key individual and I get to ask the question quite often, like what you do, I go, well, I work on a race team. And I leave that. <laughs> Accurate, and, not wrong. And, and, and then, the, then the funniest part is, then you get somebody that's over in the other seat or the aisle or sitting in front of me or back of me. And they'll go like this, <laughs> this is Antron Brown. And yeah. I'm like, oh God, here we go. Yeah. Like, and now he owns like, his own racing. Right. Right. Yeah, like, so, top gear. So, yeah. So the craziest part is, is that whenever we travel, we do get a lot of, we do get a lot of people that key in and, and go, Hey, that's, that's uh, it's pretty cool to be recognized for the sport of drag racing because yeah. yeah. it tells you the outreach that our sport has, which is, which is, is really grown over the years a lot. And, uh, and of course when I hear my voice, they know it's like, it, here's that 16 year old, old guy. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a six year old kid, you know, but, but, but besides that, it's, it's always good to be going out to recognize it. And that's telling what we do and then share some video footage or some pictures and stuff like that. But like we always say, TV and videos does our sport no justice. Our sport is yeah, definitely yeah. Yeah. out there and see it. You have to feel it. And I think, um, yeah, I mean that when we were kids, we were in the stands and it was still like, you know, you see these rockets strapped to these vehicles and it's mind blowing so loud and shakes you. But then we're filming for Camping World and we're literally right next to the start line. And it just like, yeah, it, we're wearing earplugs and earmuffs and it's still borderline too loud. And you just, you just feel it. So like, Okay, as we think about that, you're behind the wheel of this incredible car. I want to kind of talk a little bit about passion. What do you love about that experience? Is it the, is it the adrenaline? Is it getting to be a role model? Talk to me a little bit, bit about that. Well, for me, is believe it or not, I'm, I'm very competitive. I am very competitive no matter what I do. You know what I mean? So the competition is what drives me. Okay, so... So for me, it's not just me racing a race car or driving a race car, is being in a team environment because we're a big team. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, like if if the guys, if the team doesn't have the car, 
like our races are literally run in the pits. Yeah. Okay. I'm just the extension. You get what I mean? Got I'm it. just the last part. I'm just the last person with the ball. And, and, and eight out of 10 times, all I could do is mess it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no pressure. Like, right. And everybody looks I mean? at like, you, right? Every point, everybody right. points at you if something goes wrong. Right. Well, cause you got to remember our team is spending a good 45 minutes of prep work in the pits of getting this thing together. Yeah. Where you mean they rebuilt the whole engine. They're putting the tune up in, they're putting the clutch in. Yeah. The crew chiefs are making the calls. I mean, every, every person is vital to this team success. And I think that's the biggest thing that drives me to be mm -hmm. honest with you mm -hmm. is how do you get all these guys and gals to come in on this team and make it happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, because look, nobody's perfect, but if you surround yourself with the right group of people and you bring them all around, you can make a perfect event happen. Yeah. And yeah. what I mean by perfect event is us going down the racetrack and winning that round of racing. Okay. Yeah. But think about it is one person can mess up, but if you have the other, like if all the other crew guys are in it together, they can, our, our goal is to catch that mistake before the car hits the racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. Follow what I'm saying? Roger so, that. so for, for us, for me, the challenge is to get everybody to buy in on this mindset. And like AB Motorsports mindset is one team, one mind, one purpose. Yeah. So would you even say on a high level, that's kind of your job? Like, obviously you're a racer, you're a team owner, you're doing all these different things, but like, are you a mindset guy? You're making sure all these people are on the same page, feeling encouraged, can get in their best zone to do, to, to pull off the magic trick. But as a charismatic leader. Leadership. Like, yeah, being a charismatic it, leader. It, it's all about leading yeah. and leading them to it, but to make it happen and, uh, and just to figure it all out, you know what I mean? And mm. and that's, that's what it boils down to, you know what I mean? Is everybody, have everybody on the same page. Yeah. It's like being tug of war, right? Mm -hmm. If everybody's pulling the rope the same direction or pulling at the same time, if you're at the same time, you're going to be the victor. Yeah. And right now, our sport is so competitive. And what I mean is you've got over 12 teams in top fuel that can win on any given Sunday, mm -hmm. right? But the thing about it is the team that's going to win that championship is going to be the team that does all the little things right the most. Mm. Consistency. But you, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and any of those teams can win, but the team that wins the championship is the one that goes the most rounds every weekend and adds up at the end of the year. That's your champion. Yeah. Right. So, so, so the biggest thing for me – it's the funny part. A lot of people don't know about me. I was a big math major because hmm. huh. I was going to school to be yeah. an actuary, to be okay. like a business consultant, yeah. be yeah. problem solving. Right. So, so with me, like racing is a big probability problem. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Probability problem. There's no wrong answer. Yeah. Okay. But there is the most efficient answer. Sure. Mm. That's what probability is about. Hmm. What's going to be the most effective way to do something? Yes. And for us in racing, that's all we are. How do you get teams that can buy 15 different parts, right, and have different crew personnel, but yet we can race down the racetrack and come and run within 
a thousandth of a second of each other. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Right. So it, it's an it's an equation. It's a math problem. Yes. It's but it's so interesting because it's like I again, people on TV they see Antron Brown in the car, right? But it's the team. It's that team equation. Everybody's got to be doing their best work. We have to be collaborative. We have to have our eyes set on the vision, figure out the most efficient way to get there. But it makes me think of Antron. There's this quote by Abraham Lincoln allegedly, right? Because you never really know, aren't like half of the quotes on the internet by Abraham Lincoln. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know how we would ever know, but it goes along the lines of something like, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend four hours sharpening my ax. Mm-hmm. No, it's about preparation. It's about what you're talking about, the do, doing the equation, making sure your, your, t, your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted going into this thing. But I'm curious for you on a personal level, even outside of your team, going into these races and, and being a race car driver, being a team owner, what does that preparation for you look like? What does sharpening the ax for Antron look like? Well, for, well, for me, just in general, when I wake up, it is, I come in with my mindset open where I'm, I'm a guy that's a glass half full, not glass yeah. half empty. Okay. I'm always looking for the positive. And even when you struggle or mm-hmm. when you falter, I'm like, all right, it got me. That mm-hmm. got me today. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I learned from that. And then I just use that as my fuel to drive me to be better and to move forward. Where do you think you got? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I think, how, do you, how do you get I, that mindset? I think for me is that I had a lot of positive people around me growing up. And I think when I first started racing, I don't know what it was. Or even when I played sports from an early age, Hmm. for some reason, even when I was playing soccer, when I was like eight years old, I was made the captain of the team. Hmm. And then when I played Uh, football, basketball, ran track, I was always the captain. I didn't even sign up or wanted the job, but because, and I never, and I wasn't very vocal. But I knew how to communicate with people. Yeah. And I guess it was just one of those oars that push off you where you're trying to help people be the best version of yourself, but not just by what you say, but by the examples that you do every day. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Because people can learn by the way you carry yourself. Like, for example, yeah. even when I'm listening, it's not one. There's not one job I wouldn't do. Yeah. If I have to take the oil out, I drain the oil. If I need to help them tear down, I help them tear down. If I got to mix nitro fuel, I'll help mix nitro fuel. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't stop. They need my help. Yeah. I will help. Yeah. Well, and I think that kind of goes back to you talking about like increasing your odds or the probability of achieving, we can call it a win right now. But I think when you were talking about that, I think that's so applicable to just life in general. Like, look, like, okay, looking at, you know, maybe a life strategy like it's, it's about trying to increase your odds at achieving the success that you're going for. So that, that was just one of those nuggets that I took away from, from that with what you're talking about. I'm curious, okay, if we look at you physically as a driver, talk mm-hmm. me through, you're, you're literally talking about how you have 3.6 seconds to potentially win or potentially lose, okay? You're either facing off one opponent or I think there's four wides. Is that is that as many racers as you'd go go against, like three others in a four wide? Yeah, three okay. others. We have we have the four wide. Yeah. And the four wide is um basically it's I call it the battle royal. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there you go. It, That's it, what they should call it. Exactly. I, I, I literally call that the battle royal of racing. And the the funniest part about it is is that uh there's no more strategy in that. You get what I mean? Like when you sure. come up, 
when you come up with that, you got to come up and you literally got to go, all right, now I know this person usually does this at the start line. I know this one, this guy likes to stage last. This guy likes to do this. Well, that's out the window. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're racing where you just got to go down with your head down, head down like this, mm -hmm. and you just got to get after it. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you just got to literally put your head down and go, all right, I got to be focused and I'm going to come in. And once everybody's in, light comes down, boom, I got to go off. So basically there's no more. Oh, I got to lay up a little bit. I don't need to push the car because this team only runs this ET. Yeah. So, so it, it went from being a, a chess match to being, are we playing checkers? We yeah. got to jump. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, and and for me, in general, physically, I think what I do is if I physically prepare myself, like I work out a lot. I train. Yeah. Yeah. I have a strength training coach, athletic coach. Then I play basketball. I try to keep my hand and eye coordination going at all times. Yeah. So mm -hmm. then, once you feel that you're physically strong. Yeah. It makes you mentally strong right, and give right. you confidence because you're 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 re ready to weather whatever storm comes your way. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And for me in general, that that's 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 a part of it. You yeah. get what I mean? Like for you to come up and do that. Yeah. Well, and, so, and I, oh, I was going to say, I definitely agree with that. I feel like anytime that I'm my peak fitness, everything else seems to fall in line, mental fitness, all of that you have kind of the perfect combo as we're talking through you being on the start line here, 3.6 seconds, practically walk us through what the heck you're doing behind the wheel. Like what, what levers are you pulling? What are you doing? That's the difference between a win and potential loss. Well, the main thing is, is that I'm going to be honest with you is that I'm not thinking about anything. Yeah. Ah. And, uh, you literally have to go into it where you've trained yourself over and over again, where you're using your unconscious mind just to do it, to react. Yeah. If you yeah. go into our sport thinking there's like the best way to explain is like everybody watches baseball has watched baseball or tried baseball sure. at one time. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and everybody knows if you went up, me and you went up right now and tried to hit a 90 mile an hour fastball, we won't even see the ball come. Sure. Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about, you got to literally swing right now before the ball even comes out the pitcher's hand to connect with it and know how to dip your shoulder, raise it up to connect with it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but players that play all day long and practice and train and train and train and train, they're doing it with their unconscious mind where they've seen it so many times that your body slows it down. Yeah. And when I tell people, if you want to be good at something, you practice you practice enough just to get it right. Right. But yet you can still make mistakes. Yeah. But an elite professional like a Kobe Bryant, yeah. Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. Tiger Woods, you know what I mean? Phil Mickelson. They practice it so much that they can't get it wrong. Mm. Right. Right. Get the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Like 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 you got people that could that are good at things, but they practice it enough just to be good at it. They practice yeah. it just to get it right. But if they were to do it a hundred times, mm -hmm. they'll still get it wrong 30 out of the hundred times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, somebody that practices enough where they can't get it wrong, they'll do it 99 out of a hundred times, right? Yeah. All the time. 
because that's what they do. So check it out. So that's really interesting. I, I couldn't agree with that more. I even think about people like Malcolm Gladwell talking about the the 10,000 hour rule, right? It's like the more of something you do, the more repetition, the better you're going to get at it. And you'll never see a master of their craft. You'll never see a world champion who got there by not you know, paying their dues to the dirt and, and mm-hmm. putting in a, an insane amount of time. Okay, here's a question. Do you believe anybody, like absolutely anybody could become like world-class at something if they put in the time? Do you think that's for some people? Mm. Do you think that's a choice? I mean, you know, is there a fate thing? Is there a faith thing? And Antron Brown becoming Antron Brown, could anybody become Antron Brown? Or could anybody I think their I thing think, if they put in the time? Yeah. I think anybody's capable of being what, what they want to be. Mm-hmm. But the difference of it is what it really comes down to is love. Hmm. Do you have a love for what you do? Interesting. Ah. Because if you love it, you will never stop working at it ever. Right. It is not work. It's for you to enhance and hone yourself to be better. Mm-hmm. Like this is the difference. This is one thing I always tell people that's in the business world, professional world, anything. If you want to true if you want to be successful at something, okay, you have to get used to getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Because along that road, if you want to grow, you got to push yourself to the limits where you're uncomfortable, no matter what you do. And then you get comfortable with that. You push yourself again and again and again and again and again. You know what I mean? This is the crazy part. I always tell people, you ever watch the not just Michael Jordan's deal, Uh The Last Dance, but the redemption team with Kobe Bryant, LeBron James when he went back to the Olympics to win the gold medal. They had to reinvent themselves on how they play. Sure. Right? You have to you have to do the jobs that you don't want to do. Yeah. You got to go through the trenches and go through the struggles right. that you don't want to because you don't want to struggle. Yeah. Like people don't understand that. And to be great at something for one, you have to have a love for it. Mm. That's so good because I think, right, we talk about the rest of the equation often. It's like it's the time, right? It's the commitment. It's the persistence, all that. But, yeah, it's like what's the what's the horsepower behind all that? And I think that sing, that one word, love, that's it. I couldn't agree with that more. I think even, you know, I was talking to – I was having coffee with a buddy the other day, and he was talking about a, some potential side hustles he was considering. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I could do this, bring some money. But, like, he was kind of trying to figure out for me, for me and Cody here, like what is it that – you know, we've been doing filmmaking now for what, Cody, eight years full time, something yeah. like that. So like we were kids doing this and like most of our time has been obstacles. It's been no's, it's been rejections, it's been this thing falls through, but then you keep going and then boom, you land McLaren as a client. You, you know, it's like it, it comes eventually. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I think we've built our life around uh, things we're passionate about. It's the, it's the kind of thing that even after so many rejections, even in podcasting, it's like whether you know, whether we, you know, get, get a bunch of rejections in this or we don't get to the next one, it's like, there's still a drive. There's still a love that doesn't go away that I want to do this until I die. I love it. I love talking to people. I love learning, you know, so love is essential. You gotta love it. You get what I mean? Like just a deal. If, if you don't like talking and communicating with people, like podcasting wouldn't be the job for you. I know. Right. You get what I mean? And for me as a racer, I love interacting with people. I love 
talking to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love like the technology. I love working on things. As you see my hands, you can see all the cuts and scratch, like all nicked up, like yeah. all the cuts and everything. So I work on stuff, right? That'll so yeah. I love doing stuff. I love evolving. I love learning new things, new coatings, new things are out. And I love helping people become the best version of themselves. Mm. You know what I mean? That's the key is trying to be the best version of yourself. And that's to challenge yourself every day. Yeah. Like not going through the motions. That's one thing I won't do. I also don't wake up and do the same thing. I'm like, all right, what's next? Mm. What what else we got to conquer? And, and, and owning a race team is not just owning it's a challenge of getting partners and sponsors to come up, to come aboard. Yeah. And, and not just winning on the racetrack for them, but winning off the racetrack in their in their workplace and how we help become that vehicle or catalyst to drive them forward. Yeah. Like where are you going? Oh, you do? Well, let me tell you something. Well, we got this plan for you. We could we can incorporate this on this and get you here and introduce you to X, Y, and Z. Right. And then also we're gonna help you on the marketing front of getting the word out there and what you're trying to get out there and what you're trying to sell. Yeah. Or or who you're trying to recruit. So that's interesting. You know what I mean? It's always not about selling. Your world, you went from being just a racer to now being a team owner. I think it was, you've raced two, is it one or two years now? Entering the second Entering season, right? Second, in the second season. Yeah, yes. second season. So to, like that changes dramatically from literally just focusing on doing your part as a driver to now being this team owner. You're talking about these different things, tasks that you have to do now. Talk to us about how that's opened up your world. Are you enjoying that business side? Like, talk me through how that's really changed your world. Well, thing about it is I, I always had a love for it. And, and thing about it was I knew it was going to be a little bit of a struggle of growing pains and bumps and bruises. Yeah. Because the one thing is you got to understand how to communicate and understand your team that you work with. Right? Like all of our – I consider – all the employees, the employees, they're team members. Hmm. Like we're all in this together. And I try to get them to understand that, to build up, to feel and love that, to Mm -hmm. move forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and that was the biggest thing for me in the beginning is to balance. Just not that, not just doing the counting side of it, which I, which I'm used to and good is balancing the checkbook. Keeping making sure you have cash flow yeah. coming in that you can that you can keep up with that with it going out. Right. You know what I mean? That's a big deal. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it goes in and out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And understanding all that. And that's a big deal. It's a big deal. And but also to understand the people. And you know that old rule of thumb that people always tell you, like you grow up, that's the first thing you learn from your parents or even your kindergarten. Kindergarten. Remember all, you hear the old saying? is to always is always treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. Right. Okay. But think about this. How many people do you know that actually do that? Right. That truly live by that. Yeah. And I make it a point every day. I don't care who you are, yeah. where you come from. I don't care. I treat everybody the same. I just treat them how I want to be treated. Yeah. If you show people love, they're going to love you back. Yeah. 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 But, but some people got to work on it because I see people all the time and you see it too. This is say, this is say like, you know, somebody that came in from a, 
from CBS or Fox or whatever major broadcast deal goes, sure. hey, God, like, you know, I want to put you on a podcast show on National Broadcast. You're going to be like, oh, I got to rip the red carpet. I want to roll it out. Yeah. I want to, like, you know, I got wine and dine them. You're going to act some, you're going to treat them mm-hmm. like you would not even treat your, like your, your, like your friend that you talk to every day. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Yep. And you don't, you don't need to do it. Yeah. All you need to do is treat everybody the same and it will resonate with everybody because that's you. Yeah. Well, that's you good. know what I mean? But people don't do it. And, and there's two sides of that coin too, because to treat somebody like yourself, that's a good question. How are you treating yourself? Right. A lot Absolutely. of us don't. Uh, and, and I'm hearing about a lot of the stuff you do day in and day out. And that's like, you're starting, you're loving yourself. And there's nothing selfish about that. When you love yourself well, you have the capacity to spread that to others. Boom. We got, you know, the, the gas tank is full. We're going to give that away too. You can't give what you don't have. So it's cool to, you clearly practice what you preach. And that's why I think it's so awesome to, to, to watch uh, what you do. But I, I'm curious, Antron, because a lot of people that are listening to this, right? Here we are. We're entering a new year, right? Different people are at fork, uh, fork in the road. Do I go left? Do I go right? Maybe they're hearing you. They're like, man, this is a world champion race. This dude's living the dream. He overflows with passion. But maybe I feel stuck. Maybe I'm like, I- I'm just drowning in self-doubt. I-, I don't know what to do next. Do you have any just like maybe simple practical advice that maybe you've used in the past? that you would give to somebody who feels stuck right now? Well, one, one thing I know for sure is that when you're in different places, we always overthink things. Mm. That's what we do. The older you get, the more, you know, the older you get, the more you find analyzing things, thinking about things. And, and the thing about this is I always tell people life could be is only as complicated as you make it. Hmm. And do people go through rough times? Absolutely. Yep. Are you going to have struggles? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Is is that girl you love kick you to the curb or that guy you love kick you to the curb and and you're heartbroken? Yes. Is it a magical way to get through it? No. It's time. <laughs> All it is is time. And what I always like to tell people is is that it's basic. It's like, if you truly want change in your life, okay, because you want to do something that you choose you want to do and you don't know how to get there or make it happen. This is what I tell people for me in racing. I love racing since I was a little kid. Know how I got into racing? For one, I put myself around it. Even Mm -hmm. if it wasn't a job I didn't, I didn't even want to do. That's good. But once you put yourself out around it, the opportunity comes. And then the second question is, are you preparing yourself to take the opportunity to come when it does come to you? Yeah. Right. So for one, stop pause and saying, what I'm doing right now, is that a stepping stone to get me to where I want to be? If it's not, stop doing that. You got to pivot. Time to to move in the direction that's going to get you where you need to go. Like if I want to own my own restaurant, Mm -hmm. well, I need to work at a restaurant that I want to have a type of restaurant I want to have. Yeah. Get on the dance floor. Right. Absolutely. Then I want to work as a, as a host where they're bringing people in and greeting them, understand how to host and greet. Yeah. Then I want to work and be a server to understand how to depend on everybody's needs. Then I want to go in the kitchen and I want to learn what, 
a, a sous chef does, and then what the chef does, and then how all the how all the whole kitchen functions. Yeah. Then I want to learn how the manager manages the employees and manages schedule and time. Yeah. Then I want to learn how the head chef orders the food, or the owner orders the food and preps the bar, does everything, and you start learning all these different disciplines, and then before you know it, you go. Now owning a restaurant ain't so hard. I'm not so scared. Yeah. Because I did the due diligence of making it happen. That's interesting. And I think you're talking about a lot of different facets that you have to learn in order to do something. And I think a lot of those you probably don't love. You probably wouldn't love certain roles. And one one thing that comes to mind with your role as a driver, something that comes a part of it doesn't always mean it has to, but you've crashed in the past. I, that's, oh, absolutely. Not, that's not an enjoyable experience. Hmm. How do you, like, one, that's immense risk, it's dangerous. How does a crash change your perspective on life to then be the better racer? Man, I, I tell you one thing. When you crash, it's like anything else. And um, it breaks you down. Like, you know what I mean? It, it breaks you down and it actually questions you whether you want to race or not race again. It depends on how bad the crash is, right? And I had I had one of those. But then it makes you find yourself and uh, and it makes you change your mind. And the best thing I could tell you is, is that we all have been damaged at one point in our life. Yeah. Don't care what it is. Yeah. Relationships, car accident, accident to work at the work front. Something happened in our life that... Yeah puts a pause and makes you really start thinking about what you need to do. Right. When I had that accident, you know what it did for me? It made me want to think. It took me when I haven't talked to my wife, I prayed about it and, uh, and I came in and it happened for me where I lost a race because I was thinking about what I was doing and thinking about the car blowing up and our car was very dominant. Hmm. And once I lost, it struck the burning flame inside me hmm. and it lit back up and the glider mode came back. <laughs> and what I learned from it was to still respect the car. You can't lose that. But to also what you got to do is you got to treat it like a new re- every lap's got to be a new relationship. Ah, You can't take it's like it's like if you went in a relationship. You can't take your baggage from your last relationship and bring it with you to your new relationship. You yeah. got to start off from scratch to give it a chance. Yeah. You could be on your toes, not to be naive and get hurt again, but you can't treat your new partner in your relationship like you did your last one because the last one did you wrong. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. We can, we can so take them. Yeah. You could take the good and take the learning experience yeah. so you don't get caught off guard again, but you can't treat them like they're dogging you out like your last one is or whatever happened in your last one. Or if you were the culprit in your last one, you can't do that again. Yeah. And you learn from it. So yeah. Yeah. for me, that's what I learned about every aspect of life Yeah, is you treat every day as a new day and you grow with the experiences as they come Yeah, yeah. to be a better you every day. Well, that's good. And it makes me think to, it makes me time travel to about a year ago. I remember feeling really stuck in, it was a narrative. There was a story 
And you, as you know, the longer you live a narrative and a story, the truer it becomes because you start getting evidence. Ah, oh, look, it's manifesting all around me. I'm so stuck. Oh, this is so true. But the prayer, it became a, a daily prayer in my life. And it was just like for fresh eyes. That was what I want. God, give me fresh eyes today. Give me fresh eyes, fresh eyes, a new day, a new day. Because, yeah, yes. we, can't, we can't live stuck in a narrative, especially if it's a rotten one. But on that note, man, like this, this has been full of nitro, <laughs> full of all sorts of nuggets of truth and wisdom. And I know our listeners are going to get a lot of this. We want to be sensitive to your time. So we'll wrap up here, Antron. But on, on that final note, for everybody who is listening here, like, how, how can we follow along with what's next? <laughs> Antron Brown, your team, every your world domination, you know, how do people follow that? Well, you can follow me. Of course, it's Antron Brown on, on Facebook. And also on Instagram, it'll connect you to everything. Cool. So at Antron Brown TF for Top Fuel. Yeah, Perfect. you can follow me. Love so, me. so we're 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 there all the time, and Instagram connects to everything anyway. Yeah. And you can also follow me on Antron Brown at TikTok too, cool. and um, and Twitter. But we're always constantly working. But Instagram, we're live and active, and a lot of people chime in and ask questions. And we're always working and pushing people forward. Amazing. Well, Antron, thanks so much. We're excited to uh, hopefully make it out to a race this season and we'll say hey to you. But yeah, hey, best to you. And thank you so much for your time and inspiration today. Anytime. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on. Y'all fellas have a great day. Thanks so much, Antron. Thanks, Antron. All right. Anytime. A few closing thoughts, guys. First, we're so grateful you took the time to listen today. It really means a lot to us to be able to share our journey with you. Second, If you got any value or inspiration from this episode, please take a minute to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, remember, your story matters. So go for it today and live the outbound life.